0: Hello, word nerds. You're my friends. You're my only friends. Welcome to a new episode of the Dictionary Podcast that you're listening to. First word for this episode is aphasia, A-P-H-A-S-I-A. It's a noun from 1864, loss or impairment of the power to use or comprehend words usually resulting from brain damage. Aphasic is a noun or an adjective. That sounds like it sucks. I'm sorry if any of you have that. And that is especially bad in this case because if you are listening, uh, you are having trouble comprehending what I'm saying. And this podcast is all about words in addition to hearing words. So good luck to you. Next, we have aphelion, or aphelion, A-P-H-E-L-I-O-N. This is a noun from 1656, the point in the path of a celestial body, as a planet, that is farthest from the sun. Compare to the word perihelion. This is from the Greek helios, it's uh, adding apo or apo at the beginning. And helios means sun, and there's more at the word solar. So if the aphelion is when the planet or uh, celestial body is the furthest away from the sun perihelion is probably when it's the closest to the sun next we have aphoresis and this is spelled similarly to the last word of the previous episode aphoresis Uh, but in that case it had an a after the ph and in this word uh, aphoresis we do not have the a Uh, this is a noun from 1977 withdrawal of blood from a donor's body, removal of one or more blood components as plasma, platelets, or white blood cells, and transfusion of the remaining blood back into the donor, called also phoresis. The next word is aphesis, A-P-H-E-S-I-S. So just to give you a little bit of pre-information, this is related to apharisis which means the loss of one or more sounds or letters at the beginning of a word as in round for around so the definition here for aphesis is apheresis, consisting of the loss of a short unaccented vowel as in lone for alone so they're clearly very related uh, in this case they're getting rid of a vowel uh, and with apheresis. Uh, It's getting rid of a sound, Uh, usually it's probably a syllable it looks like. Aphetic is an adjective and aphetically is an adverb. Next we have aphid, a-p-h-i-d, it's a noun from 1827. Any of numerous very small soft-bodied homopterous insects that suck the juices of plants. What juices are in plants? Is it apple juice? Is it grape juice? Probably not either one of them. Uh, The homopterous insects, uh, in parentheses after that, it says superfamily aphidoidea. Aphidoidea, yep, I think that's how it's pronounced. Next, we have aphid lion, two words. It's a noun from 1949. I wonder if this is similar to ant lion. Any of several insect larvae, as a lacewing or ladybug larvae, that feed on aphids, called also aphis lion. I don't remember what the definition for ant lion said, uh, but they're both insects of some kind, so I'm just gonna say they're related. And next we have aphis, A-P-H-I-S. This is a noun from 1763, any of a genus of aphids. Broadly, the synonym aphid. Next we have aphonia, A-P-H-O-N-I-A. It's a noun from 1654. Loss of voice and of all but whispered speech. Aphonic is an adjective. So when somebody says they've lost their voice, you can say that they have aphonia. This is from the Greek aphonos, which means voiceless. From a plus phone, which means sound. And there's more at the word ban, B-A-N. Yep, don't know how that got in there. Next we have aphorism, A-P-H-O-R-I-S-M. It's a noun from 1528. One, a concise statement of a principle. Two, a terse formulation of a truth or sentiment. Synonym is adage, A-D-A-G-E. Aphorist is a noun, aphoristic is an adjective, and aphoristically is an adverb. Next we have aphorize. Similar to the last word, but it's R-I-Z-E at the end. This is an intransitive verb from 1669. To write or speak in, or as if in, aphorisms. Next we have aphotic. A-P-H-O-T-I-C. This is an adjective from 1894. Being the deep zone of an ocean or lake receiving too little light to permit photosynthesis. So when a body of water is so deep, that the light from the sun can't get in, um, any plants at the bottom are not going to receive photosynthesis, which means they will die, which means there probably aren't any plants at that level. Next we have aphrodisiac, A-P-H-R-O-D-I-S-I-A-C. This is a noun from 1711, an agent as a food or drug that arouses or is held to arouse sexual desire. I think there's a lot of misinformation about this word, Um, a lot of people say that certain foods or drugs uh, will arouse sexual desire, oysters is one of those that I've heard. I don't know if there's any hard fast science behind any of it, but, uh, but you know, the word is still out there. Aphrodisiac and aphrodisiacal, that's not how you say that word, aphrodisiacal is an adjective. This is from the Greek aphrodisiakos, which means sexual, or gem with aphrodisiac properties. And that is from aphrodisia, which means heterosexual pleasures. And that is from the neutral plural of aphrodisios, of Aphrodite. That's the name Aphrodite. And I believe Aphrodite was a Greek goddess. I should look that up to double check, but I'm pretty sure I'm right. And, oh, here we go. Aphrodite is the next word with a capital A. This is a noun from 1565. The Greek goddess of love and beauty. Compared to the word Venus. I think Venus might be the, is it the Roman name for Aphrodite? Something like that. I feel dumb. When I'm put on the spot, it's so hard to remember all these little details. Uh, But I think that famous painting Um, of the woman coming out of the clam with the cherubs flying around her is of Aphrodite and or Venus. I hope I'm right. Side note, that painting was copied in a film, a Terry Gilliam film called The Adventures of Baron Munchausen. It's a very odd film, but I really love it. It did not do well in theaters when it came out in the 80s, but I highly recommend it. And so there's a scene uh, where they sort of recreate that painting and it's very well done next we have apiarian i sort of uh, extra emphasize that one apiarian a-p-i-a-r-i-a-n this is an adjective from 1790 of or relating to beekeeping or bees next we have apiarist it's kind of a weird word um a-p-i-a-r-i-s-t it's related to our last word It's a noun from 1785, and it means beekeeper. Apiarist. I think that's uh, a better way to pronounce it. Next we have apiary. I wanted to say apiary, but that's not exactly how the pronunciation guide is telling me. But that uh, sounds right to me. This is a noun from 1654. A place where bees are kept, especially a collection of hives or colonies of bees kept for their honey. I don't remember if I saw it, um, but I'm curious how the API prefix uh, got connected to bees. I may have to look it up. Uh, I figured if it was in here, it, it would have been shown already. Um, but yeah, I, w- how, how, how are bees related to the API prefix? Uh, is that a, a Latin word, a Greek word? Uh, something I will have to look into. We will go ahead and do one more for this episode. It is apical, A-P-I-C-A-L. This is an adjective from 1806. One, of relating to or situated at an apex. Two, of relating to or formed with the tip of the tongue, as in N, L, and R are apical consonants because you form them with the tip of your tongue in your mouth. So n. Uh, The tip of your tongue hits the front of the roof of your mouth. L is formed with the tip of your tongue on your teeth. And R, uh, I guess you're sort of putting the tip of your tongue near the roof of your mouth, but it doesn't really touch anything, at least not the way I do it. But uh, that's interesting. Uh, And apically is an adverb. There were a lot of good words in this episode. I am going to go ahead and pick aphasia. ...as the word of the episode because it is a loss or impairment of the power to use or comprehend words... ...usually resulting from brain damage. That is a word that uh, is very bad specifically in relation to this podcast. So again, apologies if you have that. But if you do have it, you're probably not listening to this podcast or any podcast for that matter. Uh, And that is going to be the end of the episode. We finished page 57. Next, we will start with page 58...